Hey, Simon, my friend, how you been going with your evangelism recently? Oh, so good, man. So good. This week, I've spoken to three people in the supermarket and invited them to this uh, barbecue that my church is running. Okay. And so you told them about Jesus? No, no. But at this barbecue, we're going to ask them if they might want to start like a Bible study to learn about. Oh, so you didn't actually... No, really? no but, but what about you, man? How's your evangelism Oh, man, going? my evangelism is going insanely well, like really, really well. Right, really okay. Well. Yesterday I played five hours of NBA 2007 with my non-Christian Right. So, yeah. Right. You, so, you, did you tell him about well, Jesus? I didn't, te- I didn't technically give him the whole two ways to live. In fact, I don't think we talked about it at all. Everybody and welcome to Three Views On, the podcast with Michael, Paul and Simon sit down and talk today about local missions. Oh yes. Is that the, is that the right title? Local yeah, missions. The, yep. the first part of a two-parter. First part of a two-parter. Of a two-part well, mission have, special. Two-part episode. Check out the next one. Uh, but listen to this one first. Check out the next one <laughs> in the future. But right yeah. now, just please stay on this one. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... Talking about local mission, um, and then part two, going to talk about more global mission. Is that is that that the goal? Is that yeah, what we're thinking? Certainly, yeah. yeah, certainly. Very very cool. Well, before we we dive into this topic, um, as you can hear, a bit of uh, some controversy about how to do <laughs> local mission well in our introduction. But I think it's uh, probably apt uh, to talk about how we've been going. Uh, and Paul, look, just before we started this episode, yes, you just laid out this uh, phenomenal revelation. Uh, to me, uh, if if you remember, and I'm I'm pretty sure it was in a podcast, uh, the one that you probably the last one to come out, mm. Paul Summer, uh, he was talking about how he was living near uh, Hungry Jacks. Oh no, you're gonna make me crawl <laughs> and, through the um, mud. He he was saying that he and his his wife uh, made a covenant. Well, they've just um, bought a house. They have, and it's twenty meters from Hungry Jacks. Twenty. Meters. That's a burden no one can bear. Yeah. That's what I maintain. So Paul said, I've made a covenant with my wife, <laughs> secondary to the original covenant I made, um, that we were not going to partake in Hungry Jacks. Ever. That's what he said to Ever. Us. Like, like he full was, stop. He was so serious about mm. it too. Yeah. And Simon and I giggled we did. Um, and said to each other, look, I bet you, next, next time we meet, next time we sit down, record, I bet you Paul's going to sit yeah. down and say, um, man, it's... And you get well, a bit of a tummy on you too, Paul. Let me just tell you, fellas, I've been indulging. <laughs> How much I have you actually been had? Indul- like, uh, since I moved, uh, what, two weeks ago? Probably eight times. No, eight times. Eight times. More than once every two days. Mate, more than I, once. I mean, awful. if you know me, you know that I'm rubbish at the self-control when it comes to food. Yeah. I haven't been to a fast food outlet, like generic, oh. as often as you have in the last two weeks. I've had a as boys I've indulged. Oh, it's not, yeah. good. not good. Well, when you you got the stresses of life, man, we're big famous podcast stars. Hungry right. is the only place where we don't have a, like a swarm of fans trying to uh, right. get autographs right. and touch yeah, I guess. edges of clothes so and stuff. Does, so, you know. so does LB know that you've broken the covenant? Kept it under wraps for a long time. Although <laughs> did not figure out a wise strategy to deal with the rubbish. So it was uh, the jig was always going to be up pretty soon. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, fair enough. Yeah. Mm, fair but enough. that's a depressing turn of events. It's not good. What was her reaction? Uh, I guess sort of equal parts betrayal, confusion... <laughs> And anger. <laughs> it, was pretty, it was a pretty potent little cocktail, actually. Um, there wasn't a revelation. It's like, oh, glad, I'm so glad that you've fallen too because I've been 
No, that would have been glorious. But th- she she actually has the self control. Yeah. She has the self control. Mm. So no, look, I was the one who indulged, and um, really, really paid the price, Mate. sort of maritally, socially, and now sort of the public. You've lost face it's, with it's all the, yeah. the podcast listeners. Yeah. Very good. Well, Paul, thanks for that revelation. Um, oh, love, no, thank you for revealing it, mate. Oh, I really <laughs> appreciate that. I'm here to help the podcast. You know, you know how much I love, I love you guys and I love the, the fans at home. Mm. Just want to keep them up to date with what's happening for you. Mm. Uh, so today we're talking about local mission. Um, and look, we've decided we're going to do a, a, a bit of a, a two-part segment on mission. We did a mission episode a little while ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I say a little while. It several was years? About a year. A lot, like first season? No, it was the second I, season. It was I reckon second? it was second season. Go back, check it out. We've now abbreviated season right. to season. You keep going, Michael. I will figure no, it out. No, Simon. Yeah, look it up. Um, well, the thing is that we, we've all had um, w- quite a few life things happen over the, the last little while. If you don't know about them, check them out. They're the last three episodes of our podcast. Yeah, the summers. Um, and we've all had, I guess, a bit more exposure and a bit more time to think about uh, mission um, in different contexts. And today we want to talk about, uh, about the local mission, uh, how you do mission from your home. From mm-hmm. where you live, uh, in for us at least, a predominantly Western culture, um, in Australia, in Tasmania, even. Mm. Um, and then next week we're going to talk about um, the Great Commission, the going out elsewhere, the globe, the globe. Simon just gave me a look. It's just over a year ago, twenty third of March, twenty eighth of March, two thousand sixteen. Uh, season two, episode eight. Mission. The podcast is better for having known. Oh, yeah. What episode that was. Yeah. Thanks, Answering Bob. the question only Simon was asking. No, Michael <laughs> asked the question. I should ask the question. Simon, no, Simon is hurt. And everyone at home was thinking, man, I do remember listening to that, but I just wanted to remember the exact episode number. Well, that's really going to change my life. That's really frustrating that we've done that because I didn't remember that we did that. And I'm sure I would have said some things then that I will disagree with now. That's I probably perfect. would have no. given a definition of mission back then yeah, that I don't really... <laughs> Hold to now. Like well, I think I think that's true for all of us because we've all had fairly significant changes in our own uh, thought paths and our own exposure to missions. Uh, true. Mm. Truth. Um, so first things first. Um, Simon, why don't you walk us through uh, a bit of your experience with uh, mission in the last couple, uh, since last year? Local mission. Yeah. And lob a little definition in there for us. All righty. Yeah. righty So... My definition of mission is basically the Great Commission. It's got the word mission in there. The Great Commission. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which basically Jesus told his followers to make disciples of all nations, teach mm-hmm. them to obey um, everything that Jesus taught and um, and to baptize people. Mm-hmm. And Matthew 28, something or other. 28. 19. 28, 19. There you yeah, go. there you go. I'm a good Christian. I only know that because it's the <laughs> passcode for Shut one of the churches that I have worked at recently. And I, w- I will not tell you which one, but um, I think brilliant. you know exactly what I'm talking about, Lucinda. So that's why it's etched I mean, in my memory. Just cross those paths together. That's I'm going to edit that number out. <laughs> oh, come on. Because you... Actually, it's probably, probably a lot of churches... Passcode, probably. Yeah. So we should we should definitely. I Wait. mean, who's gonna gonna try and break into church who listens to our podcast? Like? Yeah, exactly. If you want to go and steal a couple of Bibles, old dusty copies of Calvin's Institutes, yeah, and, a, and maybe, a writing desk. Um, yeah, exactly. Some you old microphones. Do the legwork and go and take it. No, there's no microphones. It's there. yours. At, at any church that could right. have this code. Okay. Because I doubt that <laughs> the particular <laughs> church in our minds is the only church that has a, a particular passcode. 
like that. And there, are, are, there are a few classic Christian We are verses. so off track. Yes, we, we are so are. off track. <laughs> All right. It's going to be a three-parter, fellas. One will be cliche <laughs> references to things that no one else knows about. Oh, oh so, no. So, uh, great commission. Yes. Um, Matthew, that place in yeah. that numbers and, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, why that those particular verses? Because there are lots of other verses in the Bible that talk about mission and the need to go out and um, share the gospel. Why that one? Well, because that's the one Jesus said to his followers just before he left. And he's like, this is my last thing and I want you to do this and it's important. And it really does just sum up everything you do as an evangelist or a missionary or just if you don't want to give yourself that label, a Christian who follows Jesus. Well, that's what it is, isn't it? Because I think sometimes we can actually really not help ourselves with all these, I'm an evangelist, I'm a Christian, I'm a pastor. I'm a de- all that sort of stuff because they it, it, they are by and large there are certain things which Christians are expected to do hmm. which are you don't want to make it sound too regiment but they're mandatory Christians do these things yeah hmm. Christians teach other people to do um, what they were taught to do like that and that natural process of discipleship um, uh, and 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 the sort of the bringing of people out of darkness into light some people are more gifted at it. But that, I think that falls into the realm of what all Christians could do. But we don't help ourselves sometimes with all these different labels. Because mm. mm. I'm a Christian, but I, I'm not an evangelist and I'm not into mission. And um, <laughs> yeah, well, that, what are you, man? It's like Swiss cheese. There's nothing <laughs> left. I think, I think Paul, not this Paul, but the other Paul. The Apostle. The Apostle Paul. Uh, talks a bit about that in some of his letters as well, about how we're all called to do these things. And part of being a Christian and recognizing God's grace in your own life changes you. And you don't do the things that you do because they somehow make you better before God, but because it's a natural response to recognizing how good he is. Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. So, but yeah, great, great commish. He's probably of one of the greatest. And you've got Christ obviously risen from the dead, being mm. like all authority has been given to me. So Christ, in a sense, underlines them, bolds, italicized, like he, he's gone out of his way to say, remember this. Does he highlight it with that yellow thing that you can do in Word? Absolutely, yeah, okay, man. Cool. <laughs> Spelled a word wrong, got the red squiggly line, <laughs> had to go back. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think Christ himself lends a lot of weight to that um, commission that he gives his disciples. Mm. And, the, and the commission, as Simon said, is self-replicating. Like it's saying, Christ is saying, teach other people to do what I told you to do. Within that set of things is... Go and make disciples, yeah. teach them to baptize, that sort of thing. So mm-hmm. it is by that commission is for everyone. Mm. Like if we're going to teach people to do what Christ told us to do, part of that is um, the Great Commission. Yeah, it's not just right. not just for evangelists or apostles. Or, yeah. yeah. The second part of that question from Michael for me was something about what have I been involved in? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. How Res- has that has that definition of mission been shaping your life over the last year? It's been pretty awful in the last year, to be honest. I don't think I've been, I haven't been a local missionary, if you want to say that, in the last year. He's banking on I, Christ not returning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> banking no, on not no, a wise okay. thing to do. As you'll find out in the second part, we have gone down the track of the other track. Yeah. Of the, of the second part mm-hmm. of this series. The globe. The globe. But um, yeah, uh, not being great with the, evangelizing the lost in the last year as mm. a physical action, mm. actually doing it. It's a really hard thing to do, I think, in Australia particularly. 
one of, we it, don't talk about it. It's stupidly hard. I I, <laughs> I, I rack my brain. Jordo and I used to go to Franklin Square once a week, and we would just rock uh, rock up, talk to people about Jesus, about the Bible, about whether it's real, about you know, just you know, apologetic kind of things, because that's really the only thing Australians will accept is apologetics. Like you mm. can't you can't start from the start and say this is true. Let's go through it. You got to apologize. You have to apologize, but <laughs> you have to go through all your apologetic arguments for hours before they even even listen to anything you say or think that it's even true. Now, I struggled for a long time with the with the word apologetics. What does it mean, and how does it apply? Because it's not about saying I'm sorry, I'm a Christian, and I'm here to talk to you. Paul, do you have any insight on that? Well, to give an apology just means to give an account for or to give a reason for. Okay. And so in, in some sense, it's funny how our modern usage of that word, if you give an apology and say, oh, I'm sorry I was rude. I had a really bad sleep and I have been eating Hungry Jacks for every meal and I feel terrible. <laughs> like, people will say, oh, that's not an apology. Come on. That is an apology in the strict logical sense of it. You're, okay. You've given an account for your actions. But... Um, but Yes. So, but when so we're talking, it doesn't have to be in repentance. No, it no, doesn't have okay. to. It's it's not the saying I'm sorry. It's the saying this is me giving an account for what I believe or what I've done or what I've said. This is the sort of if you were to um, open the curtain and sort of peek behind it, this is the the inner workings, the reason, the, the reasons. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when we're talking about apologetics in 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 a context of evangelism and uh, walk up evangelism in your your experience, yeah. Simon, it's more about. Uh, explaining to people the the logic and the reason behind what you believe in. Yeah, yeah. And in Australia, because we don't, we have a, a totally anti spiritual culture. Like mm. it's it's not a thing. People are not brought up believing that there is another part of them called their spirit or their soul or anything like that. That's that's almost science fiction or yeah. oh, supernatural easy. fiction. Like that's stuff reserved for Hollywood and horror movies. Mm. Um, and it is just, re- it's basically impossible to impress that on someone that mm. is real. Um, even over a long period of time, if someone hasn't got that in their understanding of the world and how, how matter and like the universe fits together, if mm. they don't understand that as part of it. You, you can't start telling them about God mm. or Jesus. Like, Jesus can't be God if there is no God because God is a spirit and there's no such thing as a spirit. Like, mm. it's just science says it doesn't exist. It's really, really hard. Yeah. I struggle with it a lot. I think more people have something that's within their framework that helps them to bring order and structure to that concept of life after death and um, spiritual stuff and... Um, that kind of stuff that they can't put a put an opinion to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think our culture in particular encourages and and um, trains people to push that to the back of their mind as something that's not worth thinking about and not worth arguing about because it's it's not that it's actively. Well, what I'm trying to say, it's not that it's actively trying. People are trying to shut it down. It's that it's, yeah. it's not not something that we need to consider. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and uh, through some of the stuff that Lucinda and I have been doing, we've been asking our non-Christian friends and Christian friends to answer a few questions. One of them was about about spirits and spirituality. What do you think of when you hear those terms? And do you think angels are real? Do they have bodies? What is an angel kind of thing? Where do they come from? Hmm. All that kind of thing. 
And um, non-Christian people that we've asked are just like, no, no way, not it's, even, it's not so even real. And it's based on science. That was their basically oh, yeah. their answer. That's, yeah, okay. that's a non sequitur anyway. But it's um, the the trouble I have with that is I don't think anyone really truly actually believes that. Like I, I was for a long time sharing the gospel with one of my non-Christian friends, and she was an ardent atheist. And I realized for a long time I was bearing the burden of proof. Uh, look, let, let me try and convince you this is true. Uh, I got to try and f- I got to try and plug all these holes. That mm. And then I ended up one day just being like, okay, fine, enough. What do you believe? And she said, uh, coming from this insanely like rational imperial uh, imperialist empirical empirical. That's not imperialistic. Doesn't quite work. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. for Great Britain. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, very empirical mindset, which is all about science, all about stats, data. Um, she's, she said, oh, look, I think everything sort of works its way out in the end. You know, you know, what does that even mean? Exactly. So wishy washy. (laughs) Like that doesn't even, you haven't said anything there. So I think people by and large, uh, are are very rationalistic, um, Mm. when it's, when it suits them. But a lot of people have some, uh, some other beliefs, which are, borderline incoherent that they actually put a lot of <laughs> payload on for their whole life. Well, it's life. very, very difficult to pin down, rationalise and understand the things that aren't understood and rationalisable. Mm. Um, anyone who spends any time thinking about, you know, life, um, the consistency of the universe, how that all comes together, you get to a point where it has to, like, there aren't answers um, because it, we can't know. Um and I think everybody has to kind of get to that point where they make a wishy-washy sort of statement. Yeah. Um, because it's a it's a personal belief statement. Um, whether that's a personal belief statement about, you know, trusting in God and creation and all of that, or whether it's uh, I personally don't think that there is anything. Mm. Um, it's all a personal belief statement. And I think a lot of people uh, don't realize that they do have these personal belief statements. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I think they think it's just they're totally aligned with culture, but everyone is so different. Like in the their oh, experiences, so you know, you got to so rationalize days, yeah. everything you come across. And if you have no framework like we do, that's written down of how everything fits together, you're going to come up with some weird, weird <laughs> ideas, and they're yeah, all whether different. You, whether you declare them or not, mm. um, and I think so. Obviously, one aspect of of local mission within the context of our everyday lives is giving answers for. Um, what we believe mm-hmm. I think another Because we can I think we can make a sort of category error And make that into mission But there's mm. there's yeah, a whole sure. yeah. subset of um, Things that we can do To further the cause of God's kingdom That have nothing to do with speaking um, And so th- mm-hmm. there there is a lot about I mean even if you if you read through 1 Peter he talks about like live such good lives among the Gentiles that though they accuse you as evil doers, uh, they may see your good deeds and glorify God. So there is that element of like living a really good life, um, not falling into the pitfalls of the human nature that is so easy um, to to give into um, malice and deceit and hypocrisy and envy and slander and all those sorts of things. And then that actually in itself is an authenticating force for mm. the gospel. Yeah. Um, mm. Like I was cleaning a guy's windows the other day. Mm-hmm. He was in, he said, what do you do when you're not cleaning windows? I said, I'm starting a church. And he hated it. Like, and he told me all these stories about how, how he'd been ripped off by pastors and 
they they'd been like property the, the pastors have been property developing on the side and been terrible oh, landlords wow. and all this sort of stuff but then he actually like he was telling me about a guy from the salvation army an old guy who had given him a train fare when it was like freezing early morning guy lost his wallet he had nowhere to go guy gave him a train fare and he started to well up he started to cry like from an ardent staunch atheist who hated um christians by and large like mm. this guy giving him four dollars eighty with no expectation of getting it back like was one of the most deeply moving and emotional things this guy had um ever had happened to him so i think there's a lot of that being able to be a part of other people's lives and mm. and give grace that really dovetails nicely into this mission topic hmm so paul how does someone go about taking that um, that concept of um, making their everyday life, um, doing simple things, uh, living a life that is worthy of Christ, um, being kind, generous, compassionate, mm-hmm. fruits of the spirit, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. How does someone go about taking that and um, moving that into the next step of um, bearing witness to Christ? Because we can be nice, we can be compassionate, um, but I know a lot of people who who don't follow Christ. Yeah. Who are some of the nicest and most compassionate people that I've met. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, what's the difference? What's the difference there between my compassion and my my generosity being mission for Christ and my friend who doesn't believe in anything being nice? Yeah. Because I think for you, your good works would be part of a larger whole. So when it comes to sharing the gospel, you've got sort of word and deed. And it's sort of this cyclical thing. Because if I, if I, tell, if I was to tell Simon, he was a non-Christian, I was to tell him how much God had changed my life, how I got this new nature. I was no longer a slave to sin like he was, but I was a slave to righteousness. And then I, and then I would go over to him and, uh, and then like I would, I, I, I would be really stingy when we'd want to buy food together or <laughs> I would never, um, never offer to, to buy him lunch or just mm. the, these, these everyday basic sort of things. That would not go so well. But if I was always buying him lunch and always shouting him movie tickets and never sharing the gospel, that would be equally futile. Yeah. So I think what, what it comes down to is that when we're sharing the gospel, um, we're, we're to authenticate the good news that we preach. By a changed life, um, yeah. and I and I firmly think this is a bit of a bugbear of mine. Mm. Having moved into Glenorchy, I've I've heard about there are heaps of people there of all different faiths, all different ethnicities, and when we um when we say practice hospitality, right? Mm. We can take, and this is an error. We can take the Australian standard of hospitality. Yeah, I have people around no times a week, right? <laughs> yeah. And then we can say, all right, so the Bible calls me to be hospitable. I will have people around one time a week. Mm. And we say, oh, man, I'm really doing it. But really, all we're doing there is subscribing to the Australian culture and standard of hospitality. Mm. So when the Muslim guy comes in from Pakistan and cooks the whole street food and has people around all the time and has this open door policy, he completely blows you out of the water. <laughs> Do you know mm. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think, I think when, we, when we seek to live on mission with our everyday lives, we have to do, it's a cliche thing, but we have to try and rid ourselves of as much cultural baggage as we can. Otherwise, people who are just from more generous cultures 
will completely um, mm. <laughs> will, will authenticate their wrong and false hope yeah. by their better actions. Yeah. People often uh, talk about being sold out for Jesus. Mm. Um, and that's a really hard thing to do. I hear a lot of a lot of people. I'm going to say young people. Sound like I'm 50. Um, no. <laughs> uh, but a lot of people kind of talking about, yeah, I'm really sold out for Jesus right now, and I'm really passionate about. It. But when you really think about what it means to be sold out for Jesus, uh, it's what you said before. It's about changing from being a slave to sin and being a slave to Christ, being uh, 100% committed to living a life that is radically different. From the people around you that serves and honors him in everything you do and that's a really hard thing to do yeah mm. working super hard at it as well i mean that's what slaves did oh, yeah. work yeah. super hard long hard hours and then and I, again this comes back to the thing i radical christians i think are just christians mm. there is no like it comes to the point where you say it, it shouldn't be that someone gives feels god has called them to sell all they have and give to the poor. And we're like, dude, that is just, that is next level Christianity. When in fact, that's Christianity. That's like, just full stop Christianity, yeah. Christ sent a dude away because he wouldn't do that. He's like, no, you can't be a Christian. You can't follow me if you're not going to do that when we think about the rich young ruler. Yeah. Or isn't there a story in Acts where like one guy sells his house and gives most of the money to the <laughs> yeah. church, but hides a bit of it in his house because he doesn't want to doesn't want to give that last yeah. little bit up. And like, don't don't they die on the yeah, spot? Yeah, that's Ananias and Sapphira. And although they like, yeah, they gave ninety percent. They said they gave a hundred percent, but really kept some back. And God killed them. God yeah. killed them on the spot. Yeah, which is which is it's like frightening. Which is subsequently <laughs> why, like, I love. I've got many good charismatic brothers and sisters, but why I often don't believe them about a lot of it. Because like, if the spirit was really showing, like it was in Acts, like they claim. Yeah, that you'd there'd be a whole lot of healings and a lot of tongues. Awesome. A couple of you would die. A couple <laughs> yeah, of you would die right. probably once every fortnight or month. Yeah. You know, when people start talking about the fear of God, that starts to make sense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, uh, he could just smoke you. Yeah, God's righteousness and holiness is, mm. is pretty radical compared to mine. Yeah, but so it comes down to if we're going to be radically generous, because that really is countercultural in the way that it says, okay, but if I'm going to, if every meal I cook is for six people instead of two. That's going to be an extra 80 bucks a week. And that's a lot of money. And then I won't be able to put as much into super or we won't be able to do this or that. And it really comes down to A, do you actually need those things? B, do you actually trust God to fulfill the promise he's made to provide mm. for you? Mm. Because if if you're a Christian who doesn't trust God to come through in his promise, you're not a Christian. Yeah. Trusting God is a very big topic. Mm. Uh, we should do an episode on that sometime. Definitely. Because um, yeah. it's, it's big. It sounds so simple. And I mean, a, a lot of people will talk about, you know, when was the moment when you first trusted God and became a Christian? And, you know, we, we often kind of flippantly say, oh, yeah, I trust in Jesus. Yeah. Uh, but that really, really changes. If you truly trust in God, it changes the whole way you see life, the way you live your life, and the way you respond to other people. For sure. We've looked, we're just about out of time for this episode. No. Oh. We could talk for months. This is why we decided to do a second one. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what we need to do, we need to put a, a bit of a, a wrapping paper around this little thing. Yeah. Um, that is, we're talking about local mission. Try and tie all the loose strings together. All right. Put this together. Simon, um, if you were going to sum up all of this stuff, what is, what is local mission? All righty. Local mission... <laughs> 
I was just going to start by summarizing every all of the little dot points we've kind of covered. That's basically what I'm asking. Can I dot point everything we talked about? Well, we started with a bit of a humorous skit between Paul and myself, where we uh, where we said basically made the point that local mission is has to have something to do with Jesus. Like Mm. it's it's not being a good witness, but them also not knowing that you're a Christian. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a really friend. Yeah, that's right. But being it's, a great friend is an important part of it as well. Definitely, yeah. definitely. Yeah, yeah, I'm getting to that. Getting oh, to good that. That, was only, that was only the first oh, oh, bit. Sorry. <laughs> My bad. And then we moved on. We talked about um, about how I can't even remember what the first bit was. Anyway, I was really my brain. Is <laughs> it's not gone full of well. chicken parmesan. It is full of chicken parmesan. Don't but get spoilers. That's the start of my next episode. Oh, okay, sure. okay, that's sure. my next intro. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about how you have to live a life that is fully sold out for Jesus, in mm. the sense that there are no seats left at your dinner table. Yep. <laughs> okay, there are yeah. no seats left in the lounge room every night. There's yeah. people sleeping on your couch, uh, and I mean, there's no money left in pocket. There's no yeah. money, yeah, and but not in the not in a way that is just for the sake of it. It's yeah. it's it's not it's not that we we think that we should have no money. It's just that the the teachings of Christ um, basically tell us that He'll provide for us, mm-hmm. and that we should. Uh, do what he said, which is look after people, and, and that and that will give authenticity to what we're telling them. That's and that's a super super important distinction you make because often it can come to this idea we go ah oh, I mean we we all sort of grew up in that you know, like we we got to live on mission we got to be uh, we got to be disciples who are making disciples uh, we shouldn't we shouldn't be trying to like siphon off little parts of our life to do our own things and give some to it's all for Christ mm. but often like even our mission can be for other people. Um, in the sense where you're like, all right, I'm doing mission. I've got half an eye open. I hope Simon Glover sees me doing this. Like, <laughs> Or I hope Michael Laws notices how much of a crazy Christian or I am. Or if I take this girl and pay for her dinner, does that count as mission for Christ? <laughs> or is that mission yeah. for my relationship? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so there's that. Or there's also like the the selfish mission where you're like, I I reckon I'm good. I'm a good Christian today. I was a bad Christian yesterday. Frustrating. Um, but I'm a good Christian today. I managed to share the gospel. Good, good, good. Feel happy. Feel great. When in reality, that sort of mindset where you're living on mission, but you're always up and down on an emotional roller coaster, it just turns out instead of Christ being your cornerstone and having peace with God through Jesus Christ, your, 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 own, back, your yeah. own performance is your cornerstone. Yeah. And that's one thing. Like I could talk about that for ages and the different mistakes I've made because of that, where you're like, it's not, it's not the finished work of Christ. Mm. It's the sort of ongoing ups and downs sort of the back and forth of my own work in mission that's my cornerstone that leads you down a bad path as well yeah look there's so much more we could say about this <laughs> that was not a wrap up that's... months and months could yeah, go by yeah. more of a platform we we could... were, yeah <laughs> which, which is what we're hoping to do um the podcast was never made to be the be all and end all of of the discussions yeah uh, it's a platform to start them uh and we hope that through this this podcast uh, for those of you who are listening, you get the opportunity to start thinking about this kind of stuff. What does it mean for me to be uh, living a life that is sold out for God? Uh, what does it mean for me to be living in local mission where I am here and now? And what does it mean for me to have 
my complete trust in God that he will provide and care and look after me while I give everything that I can to show his love to others for the sake that I might uh, be able to convince a few that mm. his love is worthwhile, that his grace is unexplainable and great, uh, and that the future, that the hope for the future that we hold is beyond our wildest dreams. Mm, man, we got to do we got to do like a ten part <laughs> over this season on mission. I, yeah, a whole, I love going. to workshop with you guys some idea. Okay, so I'm a builder. How do I build to the glory of God? How do I be a med student to the glory of God? Yeah. How do I window Ooh. clean? You know, I love to do it because we've got some good, like superordinate high level stuff here. I reckon we we could put some, we could put some teeth Practical. on that yeah, later yeah. in this That's season if we wanted to. That's good. I'm also envisaging maybe. Uh, doing some smaller, not three views on episodes. Yes. Maybe we grab a, someone else um, who's who works as a builder because uh, I'm not a builder. Not a builder. No, me neither. But I know some people who are. Yes. And maybe cool. we can pull them in and get their opinions as well. Very good. Very good. That's brilliant. I, I love loving that idea. Yeah. We make zero promises that that will happen <laughs> <laughs> in true good. three views on style. Yeah. Um, but we hope this excites you and gets you, gets you passionate about thinking... What can I do for Christ? That's all. Mm. Anything else we want to talk about? Remember how we used to end with a wise saying? Yeah, I do. Because I listened to our very first episode the other day. Yeah, right. Oh, it really? was awful. It was awful. <laughs> but but here's, here's a wise saying. Just a random one. We won't start this up again. But mm. here's a wise saying. If your bird, if your pet bird is starting to learn to talk, <laughs> when you start recording your podcast, move it into a different room and uh. close the door. <laughs> That's my bird Stan If you can hear him I don't oh, know if you can But he's making some good noises Wawrinka. Back there Stanislas Wawrinka is his name yeah. Just Stan for short Very cool But anyway Well guys look It's been great having you along For this discussion Keep living the dream It's been real 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 <laughs> <laughs>